Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 362 now of the Ron and Don Show, and yep, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. Uh, what is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up to the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about a fired Miami coach who is now suing the NFL. Isn't that crazy as we head into Super Bowl week? Or is it really that crazy? Also, social media... Is it becoming a scammer's playground, especially when it comes to cryptocurrency? Before we get to that, let's get to this. Sportsman of the year, year after year after year. What? Went to almost a dozen Super Bowls and won most of them. MVP of the NFL year after year after year. He said he played till 50. He played till 45. And actually, in his last game at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he played pretty damn well. Statistically... He had one of the best seasons ever that any NFL quarterback has ever had. And Ron, number one, I think it's interesting that Tom Brady is retired. But number two, what I think is really interesting is how ESPN tried to control the message. They called the agent. The agent said, only one person is going to control this message, and it's Tom Brady. It is mind-blowing how important and how powerful social media has become. And I want to remind people, when you blame things on the mainstream media, be careful because the mainstream media doesn't have that much power anymore. Like one of the greatest athletes of all time retired the other day. And one of the big networks, ESPN, reported it. And then his agent came out and said, nope, Tom will let you know when he wants to let you know. And then he did. And Tom Brady ended up breaking his own news, even though that ESPN tried. My point, let's not always blame the mainstream media when social media has so much power, just demonstrated by Tom Brady. What's your take on the GOAT, and what's your take on the power of the social media that the GOAT has? Uh, I had a complete transformation on Tom Brady in this regard. He was the, the perfect person to villainize when he was not on your team. And I, at one point in my life, full-throated rooted against him. Uh, and he was the guy. He was good-looking. He was successful. They were going to these Super Bowls. And if you rooted for teams, I, I grew up as a Bronco fan and then became a Seahawk fan when, when I uh, you know, lived here and was working with the team. And I was jealous of, of their success. Um, it hurt when you would lose to them. And he seemed like a guy that had it all. He would. He had a, a kid with a supermodel. They broke up. He then had another kid with a different supermodel. The baby mamas became friends. Like, what is going on with this guy? He has it all. So I, I, I disliked him as a fan. And then over time, it, it evolved to where I sort of stepped back and was like, okay, we're now witnessing something that is special. Um, because you could go, oh, well, Terry Bradshaw had four Super Bowls and, 
Joe Montana had four, and Elway went to five, but he won three. So, like, you had these comparisons. Troy Aikman went to some Super Bowls, and then he just separated and continued to separate and continued to elevate in an era of football became tougher and tougher. And so, eventually, he won me over in, in terms of just, like, this is awesome. Even after what happened in Arizona with Marshawn Lynch, Russell Wilson. Absolutely. Losing that Super Bowl. He yeah. Still, like, did, he, did he win you over after that, or was it before I mean, that? of course I was rooting for the Seahawks, but when you watch him, when he came back huge against Atlanta, yeah. uh, the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, So and, and then moving to, to Tampa Bay, and then you see Gronk follow him, and you go, okay, what's he going to do separated from Bill Belichick, who's going to come up again later in this episode, the coach, uh, Hall of Fame coach of, of New England. And he goes straight back to the Super Bowl and wins it. So I don't think there's a lane where you can't, at least as a human being, especially as a middle-aged guy, to go, what he did is incredible. There are some things that seem odd about him, but who cares? Yeah, He, he has done something that it, it, I don't think people can can really if you follow other sports and you go oh well Jordan won six Dude, it's five on five in there they pay 82 games you have multiple series to make it to a championship this is a one and done league uh, in the NFL and you're getting hit by 300 pound men what he did to win seven is in my mind, way more difficult than Jordan winning six. Yeah. What do you make of the power of social media and athletes now just really to control their own story and break their own news? I like it because we've seen Colin Kaepernick control his narrative in a lot of ways. Uh, we've seen Tom Brady that can announce. He announced his retirement not in a press conference. He announced it on Instagram. And he also, take note, did not mention in the initial retirement thing, he did not mention Boston. He did not mention the fans of Boston. Uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, came out with this full-page ad, and then Tom Brady responded to that. But people in the in New England are livid right now that he won the bulk of his, his Super Bowls there, did not mention them straight away, and many people are reading between the lines and going, he, he's pissed that they let him go, and he still had the gas in the tank. Uh, and and I think he has a right to be feel that way. Yeah. What to, do you to say, want to have his legacy? What do you say time. about guys always blaming on the family? I want to spend more time with my family. Drew Brees wants to spend more time with his family, and then we just we see Drew Brees all over TV doing radio and TV. We know that radio and TV takes up just as much time as the NFL. Why do these guys always blame it on the family? Tom Brady said the same thing. And Tom Brady, if he decides to go into the broadcast booth, he'll be sensational. And I would love to see him. On the man on the Manning cast uh, as a guest host a lot. I um, if you watch documentaries on Tom Brady, the, he might be the guy where that is genuine. When you watch him talk about his dad, when you watch him growing up, he felt like he was the worst athlete in the family. His sisters were outstanding athletes, and he starts crying when he when he talks about his father and what his father meant to him. He, he might be the guy that that actually is meaningful. Like his son, I think, is 14, his oldest son. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, as you've talked about, when once we got off terrestrial radio, taking your kid to school or going to practice or being able to stand on the sideline of an athletic event in the middle of the day is pretty cool. You know, it's amazing, and I'm glad you brought that up. I went to his basketball practice the other day. And when there's a basketball game, all the parents show up. At the basketball practice, there's one parent there, and it's me. 
And the reason I'm there is because I'm so hungry for all the time that I missed when I was doing afternoon drive in terrestrial radio. I never got to go to basketball practice. Uh, I never got to see a lot of his baseball games. Uh, so I think you're right. Like I'm, and I, he could ride the bus, but I drive him every day just because of those, that six minute conversation that I get to have with him. That's my favorite conversation of the day when I, when I drive him to school. People so it's piled a good on Tom Brady when he released a video where he kisses all his kids on the lips and people lost their mind. What is going on? And, and you know, Giselle Bunchin, his wife is uh, Brazilian, which is a, a different culture. So I don't know if that's, if they're more affectionate with their children in Brazil, wouldn't surprise me. And people lost their mind over that. So he does, he seems like if there ever was a guy that it actually meant, I want to do this, then this might be the guy. He also is really doubling down on TB12, which is sort of the fitness brand where it's hard to argue the results he's got. Yeah. Like I, I've never had avocado ice cream, but it's hard to argue with the results he's got. So in 15 seconds, similar situation happens in New Orleans this year. New Orleans has the defense, the running backs, receivers, and their quarterback goes down. And they pick up the phone. They call Drew Brees. If Tampa Bay is in a similar situation, do you see them picking up the phone and calling Tom Brady? And what does he say? I think we've seen this a zillion times where you get a couple months out. You're not. You start your body heals up a little bit. It doesn't heal up. You get a beach. dad. You get a dad bod. You and, get a few beers in you. Well, <laughs> it seems like Tom Brady's not that guy. But like all of a sudden, you start to think whoa, maybe whoa, whoa, I can whoa. do it again. You didn't see him throwing the Super Bowl trophy around Tampa, Tampa Bay. Oh, the yeah. actual Bay. He's not that guy. He was that guy. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, you guys, can you believe this? We've been working with Les Schwab for the past 12 years, but Les Schwab has been around for 70 years now, right here in the great specific Northwest. In fact, they're celebrating with your chance to win a $700 prize certificate. That's pretty amazing. And all you have to do is share your Les Schwab story if you want to enter to win. And to do that, Ron, all you have to do is go to lesschwab.com. I know that I have stories. You have stories. Mine involves a giant nail in my tire, and they fixed it for free. You can go to lesschwab.com, tell your story, win that $700 prize. And while you're there, schedule a free pre-trip safety check right online. They will look at your wheels, alignment, brakes, shots, shocks, and struts, all for free. You can schedule yours at lesschwab.com or just stop by and tell them Ron and Don sent you. That is Les. Schwab tires. We've been doing the right thing since 1952. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Team Greenland, and we sat Back down, down with Ron, Ron and Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing, we talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And um, we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer 
I think day one, that was 25 to 50,000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer 100,000 over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast. And I said, well, we had a great realtor team. And that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 362. As you just heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere, and if you're going to sell, it's a store. Now's the time. Let's go. It's absolutely historic. There's not been a time in our lifetime where the perfect storm has lined up for sellers. If you've been thinking about it. Uh, we just have a coworker, Maria, who there. She had folks that sold a house here. They're buying two houses in Texas <laughs> with the money they made off of selling here, moving closer to family. Buying two houses. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, just reach out to Ron. Ron at windermere.com. Everything is at ronanddon.com, and we'd love to sit down with you. Ronanddonsitdown.com, and it's a forty-five minute conversation. We can do it virtually, and uh, see if we can help you on your real estate journey. You just got done reading it. Black Miami head coach. It is Black History Month. It is the week of the Super Bowl. And not only is he suing the Miami Dolphins that just fired him, but but he's also suing a number of other teams. And what's interesting about Todd Bowles, the head coach, he may never coach again in the NFL, and he knows that when he filed this class no, action. Brian Flores is the guy. That oh, I'm sorry, me. Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Excuse me, Brian Flores. And 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 what I think is really interesting is I was reading comments online, and it's you you could read a comment, and you knew it was from a white guy, and then I just and then yep, blew it. Yeah, I don't see color. I don't see race. Why can't we all get along? It's like black people have been seeing color for a long time and white people have been seeing black people for a long time. Black people want you to see that they're black is what I've learned and trying to educate myself. Along with that, so many people were saying, well, you know what? Maybe you should have gone out and had a winning season. He did, dum-dums. They had a number of winning seasons. Uh, Your take on what's happened in Miami. This case was Brian Flores in a class action suit. So he's opening it up to to 40. The the lawsuit says they believe there are between 40 and 50 other black men or Latino men that would qualify to join this class action suit if they want to. It's a class action suit. This may be the most important landmark case against the NFL in the 100 years around about that the league has been in existence. And here's why. So I, I, and, and go go read the lawsuit. It's like 58 pages, and it, it's not a bunch of legal mumbo-jumbo. It's very well written, and it reads, uh, it reads like a news report almost. So let, let's, let's think about this for a minute. You have a privately owned organization or a team. And should an ownership group or a CEO, let's say, should you be allowed to hire who you want to hire? 
I don't know if anyone would say no. Yeah, you if you if your money's at risk, you get to hire the people you want to hire. All right. So let's just say that that's one side of this equation. On their side of the equation, if you have an industry that seventy percent plus of the people are of one specific race, does it follow that the the leadership and management and ownership should reflect those numbers? So you you have to start there. And so what Brian Flores is asserting is that if I'm in an industry where 70% of the workforce is black, those numbers should be reflected up and down an entire organization. I don't have an argument against that. I know some people might. They might say, well, the ownership still reserves the right to hire whoever they want. Well, okay, fine. If you want to hold on to that and, and die on that hill, you can, but I think it's not a valid point. 31 of the 32 owners are white. Uh, one of the owners happens to be uh, Middle Eastern. So let, that's the foundational principle. Should, the, the, should it reflect um, the, the workforce? 20 years ago, in 2002, a guy you might have heard uh, named Johnny Cochran and a, a fellow attorney put together, they were suing Coca-Cola for um, not hiring people with, uh, with good racial practices. So they did this study for Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola settled and changed their hiring practices. And then Johnny Cochran looked around and he's like, I wonder if we could take the same methodology if we applied it to the NFL, what we'd find. So they did that. They created this uh, uh, first iteration of a class action suit based off of the Coca-Cola findings. And they went to the NFL. The NFL heard it. They put on a committee of owners, a guy named Art Rooney, who is the longtime owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so Art Rooney and some other people had a committee. They looked at this lawsuit from Johnny Cochran and they said, you're, we're not going to say you're right, but we're going to make a new rule. We're going to call it the Rooney rule because he was the head of this committee. And what the Rooney rule says is that anytime we're, we have a head coach, uh, a vacancy, we are going to interview one minority candidate. That has since evolved over the years. This is two, 20 years later. That has evolved over the years where now they say we're going to hire, we're going to interview two minority candidates and one of them is in person. What are the results of that? Right after the Rooney rule, there were three black coaches in the NFL. 20 years later, there's currently one black coach in the NFL. They go through in painstaking detail every executive position and the stats on this where it, it, it's abysmal. There's no way that the NFL could um, refute the data that is in this lawsuit. But it goes back to the first point. Does any one individual case make you racist? When they say the New York football giants have been around for 100 years, uh, going back to before the NFL even existed. Now the commanders. Oh, I'm sorry. The, that's New, the Washington commanders. Right. Yeah. And they have never had a black head coach. Can you say that's racist or that's an ownership family, the Maras, that just preferred the coaches they hired? Well, Brian Flores and his attorneys are saying that's racist. If you've had 100 years and you've never hired one black coach over 100 years, that's racist. Or you pull out and you aggregate all the openings of head coaching jobs since the Rooney Bowl went in place, and the and it just statistically doesn't add up. That's that is the definition of institutional racism. And as I drove over here, what I thought about, and then I'll, I've been going on and on on this. I'm pretty jacked up about it. 
The NBA removed a owner, Donald Sterling, in 2014. They forced him to sell the franchise to someone you might know here in the Pacific Northwest, Steve Ballmer. Another who, rich white man. Who many people thought overpaid for that franchise because it went for like billions of dollars. Yeah. They forced him to do that because he was recorded using racially insensitive language with his girlfriend, Donald Sterling was. Is it less racist to have an entire league blackball Colin Kaepernick? Is it less racist to have an NFL franchise for 100 years and never hire a black coach? Is it less racist, as Brian Flores uh, 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 alleges, that his interview was on Thursday with the Giants he gets a text on Monday from Bill Belichick, his former boss, congratulating the wrong Brian on getting the job before he even interviewed. Is that less racist than Donald Sterling being caught on tape? My argument is no, because it's more well hidden. It's more of an old boys network. It's easy to point out Donald Sterling and go, oh, that guy's racist. It's harder to go, how does Bill Belichick, who coaches another team, know who the head coach of the Giants is going to be before they've even interviewed a guy who was told he had a viable chance at getting that job. And the, the executive of New York, if you read the lawsuit, said, we hope you come in here and effing win this job. Brian Flores was led to believe he had a chance when behind his back, all he was there for was to check the Rooney Rule box. Is it just a token interview? That we interviewed a black guy. So uh, this case is monumental. So he not only he doesn't talk about himself to the end of the lawsuit, really. He names specific things they want the NFL to do. And here's the question I have for you. If you mandate, if there's a rule that says you need to believe a certain way, does that rule make people believe that certain way? No. And, and, and I think you said everything that needed to be said. It was said beautifully. Black History Month. 70% of the workforce, never a black coach in New York City. And black people are tired of it, and they've been standing up for themselves for a long time. And they need white people to stand up for them now. See you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron here with uh, Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. He's the official mortgage guy of Ron and Don Nation. Mitch, I want to do a little case study with you. We have a client. We introduced him to you, and you guys hit it off, who was like, I want to get a vacation property over in Suncadia or Ronald or that area. We, a lot of people are thinking about that right now. What are some good pointers for that type of thing? Like, I want to get a house on the island. I want to get a house in Suncadia. I want to get a house at a golf course. Maybe we'll go out to Orcas. You want that summer cabin or weekend cabin. Is that different than when you're buying your primary house? It is, yes. And it is slightly yes and no. So investment property rates right now, I don't know if you've heard, but they've skyrocketed. Okay. Banks are trying to phase out investment properties as much as they can because there's such a housing shortage in the U.S. Second homes don't count for that, which is huge. So if we can qualify it as a second home, hmm. it's not quite a primary rate, but it's really close. And that is just has to be something substantially different, right? You can't buy two homes in Seattle that are basically the same and call one a second home. <laughs> right. One of them's going to have to be an investment property. But if 
like you're buying on an island, you're buying up in Suncadia, which is the case of one of our clients. Yeah, you call it a second home, you still get a great rate, and you know, you're happy with a place you and you can still rent it out, just right. to be clear. It just can't be a pure investment property. It has to look like a vacation home. So a lot of people fantasize about this and they think, oh, it maybe it's in a year, maybe it's in three years, maybe it's in five years. But getting this financial piece in order, in my mind, you should start now, even if you're like, hey, I'm thinking 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you agree with that? Totally agree. Yeah. And I can't stress that enough. I'm willing to talk to anyone. So if you come and talk to me today and you say, I want to buy in two years, we'll put a plan together for how you can buy in two years. Right. Or we'll say, hey, it looks like you can buy in one year if that's interesting to you. I'm not going to pressure you, but financially you're sound. You can do it now. It's funny how many times once someone gets all their ducks in a row, that uh, opportunity presents itself. Right. Yeah. They're just softly looking um, at housing online and then they see one that pops and they go, man, I wish I was They go hang out with their friend at Sun Katie to play golf and it's like... Wait, this two bedroom down the hallway from you is for sale right now? Maybe, maybe I buy that. I'm already pre-approved with Mitch. So, uh, if you're thinking about and fantasizing about that that weekend place, that second home somewhere for the family on the island, uh, get in touch with Mitch. Mitch dot loans. I tell him you're with uh, Ron and Don show, and you save half percent on a new loan. So, Mitch dot loans. Uh, check him out today. All right, you guys, welcome back. Don't forget, if you need one of those buyer's playbooks or seller's playbooks, Ron and Don buyer playbook, seller's playbook, we've written these. Just write wrong, Ron, at Lindenberg.com. Let's get going on your real estate journey by doing a Ron and Don. It's interesting. If you have a lot of people that follow you on social media, and Ron and I, we're lucky for our days of doing radio, we have the largest social media following of any realtors, I believe, in Washington, and really, uh, probably in the country. And the thing that's interesting to me is I have people that are trying to friend me all the time. And it's like, why are you trying to friend me? Just following. The reason they're trying to friend me is because they are trying to take my account so they can take all those folks and start selling them stuff. Selling them stuff like cryptocurrency. And I find this out a lot because I'll see someone try to friend me. And then I'll click over on the profile and see what they're about. And you can kind of look down the profile. And then you see they got rich with cryptocurrency and they want you to get rich too. You just got done reading a story about something like this, right? Yeah, it's interesting. They're, they're, social media has turned into some of the biggest um, scammers playground. And they, cryptocurrency is a big category. The other one is romantic scams. I have to admit, over the years, I have been, I have sent some money to a romantic scammer. Not a lot of money. It was like $50. Oh my gosh. Like why, why would you send $50? Because you started like you meet on a social platform. It seems like it's a real thing. Something happens uh, and they need money for whatever. No, no, no. What specifically happened? Uh, like it was something like a... a you You're know, acting you, like you don't remember. Of course. I'm not going to give you all the details. One of them was... No, I'll tell you exactly. One was a... This... Woman met on a on a social platform, talking back and forth like you you send you pictures, etc. Has kids, single mom, and then she tells me that she just lost her job and she doesn't think she can uh, buy groceries this week. The whole deal, and so I, I did send money to help her. Ho- I don't, hopefully, she bought groceries with it. Probably a scam, but 
I don't necessarily feel bad because I, my heart was in the right place on that. Well, hang on. How do you know it's a scam? Now you just said you hopefully it's a scam, but you don't know. Maybe it wasn't a I scam. I didn't go and verify her employment or verify that she went to QFC and bought groceries with this money. You just said that you've been scammed before. That's and a scam. Now, now what I'm hearing is you you probably weren't scammed. This is this it, is a really <laughs> crappy, crappy This from the guy segment. who almost bought a Rolex watch for a scammer? No, because it's a it's a true story, right? Yeah, or, or 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 like the girl that was in the military that was catfishing me. You just started to tell a really interesting story to me but that I'm no longer interested in. It may or may not because it sounds like you did a yeah, may or may not. But we when, never when became may friends. or may not work for you on a podcast. We, we never became friends. It was all on. My point is, is that cryptocurrency is a big category. Uh, the get rich schemes things are a big category romantic thing is a big category and a lot of there's a there's a new documentary out right now on netflix called the tinder swindler yeah that um that looks good i i watched the preview i want to see this guy would like rent private jets these women are beautiful too and they had and they they had lots of money but he he what he would do is he would take the money from one lady the Ponzi and, he would, scheme. and he would use it to romance the other. They weren't buying groceries on the Tinder Slimidler. Yeah. Now you're talking. Anyway. All right. Well, thanks for almost being vulnerable. It it was embarrassing. There's a story there that you're not telling. And I of know you, there is. And you're not you're not telling you're putting it. Putting that on episode 360. You put it out though. Like I, it's not, you, you I, pushed I me the for an example. I didn't put the notes. Hey, you pushed you? me for an example. <laughs> Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to episode 362. Uh, we just want to remind you, hit subscribe. The show drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Don't forget we're licensed brokers at Windermere. We'd love to be part of your real estate journey. And uh, all you have to do is reach out to us for a buyer seller's playbook. Or if you just want to do a Ron and Don sit down, you can go right now to ronandonsitdown.com right now and uh, and get, get a sit down set up. Yeah, just reach out to us, okay? Everything's at ronanddon.com, the radio and the real estate. He's Ron. I'm Don. He's Charlie sitting over there on the floor. Live from the Les Schwab Studios. Keep your head up, shoulders back. We'll see you for episode 363. Olay! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>